women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. Welcome. My name is Esme Lawrence, the host of this podcast, Sprinting to Success. My guest today is an international speaker, author, mentor coach, and works with servant leaders who are passionate about making an impact in a deep way and living their sole purpose. My guest today is Teresa Campos. Teresa, welcome. Thank you, Esme. It's great to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So I want you to go back and tell me, what kind of child were you? What kind of child was I? Yes. Yeah. You know, one word to describe me that comes to mind that I always think about when I go back and just kind of revisit my childhood is that I was a bit of a rebel archetype. And I didn't realize that until I started first grade and I went to Catholic school and it was the first time I was introduced to a religion. And I was so confused by that as a child. I remember the first time that my teacher began religion class, I went home to my mother and my first thought was, mom, do you know what's going on? Do you know what they're teaching me? Because I had never been exposed to anything like that before. So that's when that rebel archetype really awakened inside of me. Right. And so what other challenges did you have um, when you were little? So the challenge that I had in regards to that, is that what you're asking me? Any challenge. Well, Any other would, challenge. Yeah, I would say the challenge that I had in regard to that, and actually this is kind of where it led me today, so I'll, I'll just go along that story, is that I really wanted to understand my relationship to God and was there a God and what did faith mean and what did it mean to have faith when the nuns would tell me, oh, you just need to have faith and God just was. And I kept asking questions throughout my um, grammar school years, that which was um, first grade through eighth grade, and they were never really answered for me in a way that felt that I could just rest inside, that I knew what was my own truth. So that was, that was something for me that was really big as a child. Right. So you were asking, you went to Catholic school mm-hmm. and they're teaching religion and you're asking about, about God and you never really got an answer. That's right. I never got an answer that, that resonated with me. Right. Okay. So fast forward now to um, your teenage years. What challenges did you have? Right. So my challenges as a teenager was deciding what I wanted to do when I got out of high school, because I felt pressure to do what the status quo of the family did. And I wanted to do something different. I wanted to be a cosmetologist and I wanted to go to beauty school. And my sister had gone off to college to become a nurse. And I had other family members that were just doing things. Oh, they're going to get their master's. And I was just like, I don't think so. That's not what I really want to do. And how do I tell my mom and dad that, that where my passion was, was in being an artist and being creative and doing hair and doing makeup. 
So that was one of my challenges in high school that I really didn't want to be in the traditional learning environment. I, everything about me, again, that's that rebel archetype. I just wanted to do something different. Right. Now, what made you decide that you want to be an artist? I think it was something that at an early age, well, actually around my freshman year of high school, of just really realizing that I had an eye for seeing things in a different way. And I also think that it was me just wanting to express myself in a way that was different. I always wanted to be and look a little bit different in how I dressed and how I did my hair. And I felt like I would do things a lot of times that was more, that was more cutting edge and that other people would copy then in school. So then that's when I began to realize um, toward like my senior year is that I felt like I just had a knack for it and it just right. was fun. Right. And so, so what challenges uh, present itself when you show up, show up in high school looking different from everybody else, the way you did your hair, the way you dressed, um, so what did the other people, um, what did you think they thought about you? I think there was two things. I went to an all girls high school and I think that there was the, the people that would look at me and admire my individuality. And then I think that there were the others that felt threatened by my individuality and my self-expression. And that's where things got a little bit challenging for me in school is that I did have people that wanted to challenge me in that way. And so that made Thing just a little bit more like more trepidation for me in my expression because I was worried that I would be bullied because I, I was a little bit in school and, and in grammar school as well as in high school so that kept me keeping myself a little bit more not noticed as much as I wanted to express myself so how were you bullied how, how did that show up um it showed up in just how, how would I say just girls sometimes for no reason, like they just didn't like me. And then they wanted to pick fights. So there was that walking through the hallways during, you know, past period of where we um, changed classes. And I, I knew that when I'd go down this certain, after let's say fourth period, I'd walk down the certain corridor that I was going to meet these certain group of girls and that I was going to be faced and either have to deal with, you know, what they were going to say, how are they going to look at me? Are they going to challenge me to a fight after school? So that there was that kind of fear sometimes that went on my um, junior year, more my junior year. Right. And how did you manage that? How did you, um, how did you interact with these girls, right? Did you, so you let, so did you let fear stop you? Or did you say, I'm just going to be me. This is who I am, Teresa. So tell me, how did you um, meet them when you saw them in the, in the hallway? So I would give the impression that I wasn't afraid, even though I was afraid. I would continue to walk to the beat of my own drum, yet I was afraid while I was doing it. And I think that's something, you know, it's interesting that you're bringing that, that up as me, because now that I think about it, it's just kind of, it's like, I think that's something that stayed with me for quite some time and through my adulthood and even through me going into the work, leaving, leaving the cosmetology work as a hairstylist and going into the work that I do now of where, you know, being seen and expressing myself in a way that's different from other people, like, oh, am I going to be ridiculed? Am I going to be attacked? You know, and even though that scene sounds so illogical, there's still that memory that's in the body that says, yeah, there's a potential threat here. So that can tend to make you, you know, make one kind of, you know, like I'm going to be a little bit smaller, so I'm not under threat. So that is something that I've actually done a lot of work around as an adult as well. I never connected it, to connected the two until right now. So thank you. Awesome. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know when you walk in, because I remember um, as an athlete 
in high school and um, I ran and uh, being tall and slender and, and I had muscles on me. And I remember going into the, into the change room and then two girls walked in the change room and they looked at me and they said, she looked like a man. Mm-hmm. And I was so afraid. Like I, I was afraid to go back out there and ran my race. So I know girls could be so mean, you know, not knowing they're just looking, they're laughing at me, you know, and I thought, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. I'm, you know, and so, you know, the fear and the fear, you know, like it just it gripped me and the fear stayed with me for a long time, you know, so girls could be very mean. In, especially in high school, you know, and sometimes I think, you know, it's good to be just jealousy. Right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree that it's jealousy. And, you know, one of the things that I've come to learn about what jealousy is, is that it's, it's when we are not owning our own power, right? Yes. So that we want to feel powerful by disempowering others. And that's kind of this vicious cycle that we get in when we don't feel confident. And, and that's part of a thing, I think, with young girls and women is that our sense of confidence just because of the cultural conditioning and how things are for us can be for us at times that that is just you know part of the um part of the challenge oh definitely so what are some of the other challenges that you had as an adult now some of the other challenges let's see that i had and as as an adult I would say as I left the, my business, I was, I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years. So I've been self-employed for a very long time, always working for myself. And that has been just very, um, very gratifying for me. And so when I decided to leave the cosmetology business and go into what I consider more my, real not more, but what I consider to be my calling, because the work that I do now, it was not something that I decided, oh, I think I'm going to be this or I'm going to do this. It was through my own personal journey of my mother's death when I was like 32 years old that took me on this road into this work that I do now to help others with their life. And so I think one of the challenges for me was stepping out into that security of, you know, knowing my craft as a hairdresser and have built this really amazing, wonderful clientele. And I had my own business for probably, I think it was 10 years I had my own business. And then going into another area where I felt like, okay, now this is now a totally different way in which that I am selling, I'm going to say, and helping other people. So that was really challenging for me is my confidence in that area of, do I really know enough? And does what I say have value for others, you know, and how am I affecting others? Because I'm not talking about just doing hair this time. Now this is about people's lives and the choices that they're making. And I'm guiding them through these choices and really these trials and tribulations and, and some really heavy subjects at times. And so there's a big responsibility with that of um, caring for people's, you know, hearts and minds. Oh, for sure. So you mentioned your, your, your death of your mom and it's such you know, a different path. Can mm-hmm. you expand on that? Yeah. So when back in 1992, my mother was um, diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And of course, something like that, this was something that came as a big surprise to our family. And unfortunately, my mother lived for six months and she died. She died rather quickly. And oh. so this is kind of a full circle story here from where I started at the beginning of our of our talk here is that it was during that time of my mother's diagnosis that that I had this awakening of and I started to ask these really profound questions about life and about my life and and I just went back to revisiting like is there really a god like how could this be happening to my mother my mother was someone who 
took care of herself. She ate well. She was into nutrition and vitamins, you know, and this was back in like even the 60s, right? 60s, right. 70s. And so like, how could this happen to her? So I started to ask like, is this going to happen to me? I, I look just like my mother. My body shape is just like my mother. And it really frightened me. And some of the other questions was, what is the meaning of life? Like, why am I even here? So these really profound questions that I started asking myself took me on a path. They took me on, a, it, was, it was like my, I call it my spiritual awakening. And it really got me to ask questions of life and myself, like I said, that I had never asked before. And so then I, what I've come to understand about life is that when you begin to ask these questions of life, that life then begins to open up to the answers that you need and that, and that you realize that there's so much information out there and life is just like, here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you find the answer to those questions that you're asking, Teresa. So right. that's where it led me down a totally different road than where I was. You know, I also made a transformation when my mom got sick, you know, I was depressed and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't living the, you know, my best life. And then, uh, but my mom is, you know, she's, I came from a Christian background. And so, you know, I, uh, I lived in, in Alberta. My mom lived in, in Toronto, different province in, in Canada. So I remember traveling there when, when I heard my mom got sick, you know, and I was just looking, I was just crying and, you know, and my mom, you know, she had such a glow. Um, on her, you know, she said that, and as me, don't worry about me, God will take care of me. You know, like she was, you know, she was a Christian woman and, and she knew where she was going and it, uh, it made her, she looked like she was at peace. Mm -hmm. And then I said to myself, I want to be like my mom when it's my turn, um, you know, to die feeling at peace and feeling at, you know, being comforted, comforted by the fact that I'm going to see my creator. Right. So that brought me in a path closer to God because I had strayed away from God. Now it brought me back, you know, so I went a journey and I said, I said, Lord, help me, um, you know, guide my path, you know, and help me to put you as number one in my life. And it really set me in a path of discovery, a path where, you know, I just like open myself up and say, Esme, I'm just gonna be who God intended me to be. I need mm. to be this person. I so I went looking for this person. Right. So, yeah, it's just just the fact that my mom was dying really made me think about life and God, you know, just like with you. Yes. Yes. Right? Now, I, did you now did you find uh, the answers to what you were looking for? Yes. And, and it's been over a long period of time. And yet, as I began to ask those questions and the answers began to come, I experienced more happiness and more joy in my life as I moved forward through it. And, and I think that you could probably agree with this, that it's, it's a continuum, right? It's a continuum right. of, oh, here's my answer today. And my answer, I'll have another answer tomorrow. And there'll be another um, bit of wisdom that comes through, you know, next week. And, and so it's like this um, of life and experience. I believe now for me, I'm at a point in my life where I am just, I consider myself like, I'm just going to be the vessel. Right. I'm going to be the vessel and I am going to go where I am directed. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to pay attention to the signs and, and look at the metaphor of life and see things from the perspective of not feeling in victim of what's happening to me. And I remember this was two years ago and, and I lost my father two years ago. And oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. And it was during that time when I was really like revving my business up 
um, this business that I'm doing now, even though I've been doing it for a while, but I had just decided I was going to just, you know, just totally leave the hair business completely. And my father got sick and, and I moved in with my father. And there was a point there where I like the experience with my father that was happening, the care that he need was overwhelming me. And I remember just one day sitting and saying, are, are you kidding me? I'm just talking. Like I'm saying, are you kidding me? It's like, is this what it's going to be? And then it was like, as I kept having this conversation with God, I came to this place of going, okay, I give, I'm trusting that you got my back here because I know you do. And I'm just going to, you know, just go with what I need to do here. And it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay, Teresa. Just trust this path that you're on and the unfolding of that. And what I learned from that were also pieces that I have now, the wisdom and the learning that I have now that I can help others. And I just see so much more of the bigger picture in everything. Right. So what is your passion? My passion is at the core of my passion as me is about helping people find meaning and purpose in their life. So exactly what got me on this path, the, the very same questions that I asked, like what is the meaning and purpose of my life is the very same thing that I help people do is I help them understand their story, like what happened to them and not as in like, oh, this is why it happened because we don't always know in the bigger picture, but we do know that every experience that we have, like there's nothing wasted. Like sometimes we do go through these hardships in order for us to hit a depth of something to understand and to feel so that we can help others with that very same thing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because you know, when you go through um, challenges in life and you've gone through them and you've come out of them, then you can help others because because you say you can tell others that I went through the same thing you did and this is what I did to um, overcome. So you can teach others. And it's a beautiful thing when you, you know, like when we, when we are in a little box in our comfort zone, we don't grow, we don't stretch. But I find that like, as I get older, I realize that challenges makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. so when you have challenges, you know, you find ways to um, overcome. Right. Either you go through it, around it, you know, you find way, and, and then when you find those ways, it makes you, it gives you confidence, right? Say, so if I can overcome this, I can overcome the next challenge because in life, there's always going to be challenges. Right. You know, until you're dead. <laughs> it's going to be exactly. challenges. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and I also see it as like, there's like every challenge creates a larger threshold in which we are able to endure, um, face, and and contain in our life and so the more that we're able to grow that way and have that really abundance of of knowledge and wisdom that the more that we hold space for other people through those processes and the more that like we don't sweat the small stuff in the same way it's like that's right okay don't sweat the small stuff because it's all small stuff right right you know and so what is um soul-centered life what is that about Yeah. So what I consider to be a soul centered life is living from that place inside of us that where we feel that resonance of that we are in alignment with what our purpose is. And we know when we're not in alignment. And so let me describe that a little bit, because that's what I think most people can probably relate to even more and probably some of the other that I just described. But we know when we're in a relationship and that we're not feeling like we know that we shouldn't be in it. 
Like we know that we're settling in a way that just doesn't feel congruent with us. We're doing a job that's like, oh, this is killing me. My back's killing me every day. You know, that those are all those signs. And so, you know, what are we listening to? Are we listening to the call of our soul inside of us that's saying, you know what, this is where you're directed to go. This is, this is the path to follow. So soul centered life to me is that when we're living from that place that feels just, we are just aligned, congruent and resonant with what is like, what is the truth around us? Right. You know, when you're on the right path, you know, as you said, you know, you just feel it, Yeah. you know, because I mean, when I wasn't on the right path and I was, you know, in you know, the depression comes you know, I was eating so much, I was gaining weight and I just knew it wasn't the right path, you know, but when I got onto the right path, I felt happier. I felt more fulfilled. You know, I felt like I had a purpose, you know, a passion. And so it really um, helped me to, to see that you need to be on the right path because when you don't, you know, then you got to start getting sick. Everything tells you Absolutely. that, you know, it shouts at you. Okay. You need to turn around. You need to do something different. Right. So, yes. So when you teach um, your students, um, you know, to be on their right path, like how do you, how do you do that? So I do that through my coaching work, through mentor coaching work. And so I have a program called Your Life's Design VIP program. And I like to work with people for at least six months because I really feel that unless we're committed to a um, a time frame of, a, of at least six months. I mean, I can, we, you know, we go longer than that, but at least that amount of time to help people to move through some of the challenges that they're going to be facing. Cause a lot of times when people say, yeah, I'm ready, I want to do it. And we get started and we get into, let's say month two or three and things start getting a little tough. And we, you know, we're, we're going through some of these trials. It's like, that's when it really that's when we're really having to face some harder stuff. And so I like to see people through that. And and in my program, I also have like a monthly group that we, you know, I do have all my people that can come together and, and we, we just do work as a community and work on, you know, certain major themes, which is really cool. And, and I, and I liked, I call it VIP because when my clients do work with me, they have access to texting and unlimited email support and texting and you know emergency phone support so it's not like oh we talk and then i'll talk to you in two weeks it's like no we're we're, we're having a relationship right you know? you're in it you're in it with them and they're Absolutely. not alone and if they need you yes. um, they can always reach you that's right I, so Teresa, i would like for you to go back um with all the knowledge you have now and go talk to that little girl who at the times what she felt afraid what words of wisdom would you, would you say to her so she can believe in herself? I would tell her that all of these challenges that you're facing and the fear that you're feeling are all going to be your courage and your strength that are going to take you to where you not only are where you're, you're meant here to go, but where you are going to feel the most joy in your life. I love that. So Teresa, how do you decrease stress in your life? Um, you know, I like silence. I like silence and I like stillness. So there's this part of me that really likes to just be alone and kind of hermit myself for a short amount of time. And then there's another part of me that I'm an athlete, like you're a runner, I'm a triathlete. So oh, nice. I, I like to go out there and work hard in that area and train. And so just to release energy and get those endorphins going. And that makes me feel alive. 
and, and it, it's, it's healthy and I love competition. So that's another way that I, you know, relieve stress. That's a great way to relieve yeah. stress. <laughs> yes. As athletes, we know those endorphins. We love it. Yes. <laughs> oh, so Teresa, thank you so much um, for a great conversation today. Ladies and gentlemen, to learn more about Teresa, go to esmelawrence.com. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success podcast and have an amazing day. My name is Teresa Campos and I am a life coach and intuitive astrologer and I am with Esme Lawrence and I am Sprinting to Success. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you and, and have an amazing day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to esmelawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.